Greetings, friends. It's uh, Paul and Stephen back with you for our weekly podcast. Uh, we're wrapping up our series today on uh, conflict with the topic being forgiveness. Um, before we head off down this uh, rabbit hole called uh, forgiveness and some in-depth conversation on it, um, it's important to, to have it in its proper context. We've been talking about conflict, and so our our approach on forgiveness this week is uh, to, to recognize how important it is to be in relationships with people or interact with people uh, with whom we have conflict on a regular basis or maybe just a one-time deal um, and, and how important forgiveness is in the midst of uh, those relationships and those situations. So if, if it's somebody that you're close to, uh, somebody you're, you have a regular relationship with, you, you maybe even live with, uh, conflict is inevitable, um, but the relationship cannot continue, right, if, if there's not an element of forgiveness in place. Uh, maybe it's just uh, somebody who uh, you had a, a one-time encounter with or you don't see it that often, you don't have a regular relationship with, but you had, did have a, a, a conflict with them. Uh, forgiveness is still just as significant, just as important, uh, because uh, for your own personal, uh, spiritual, emotional health, uh, granting that person forgiveness is essential to, to be able to, to not just set them free, but set you free from the feelings of, of anger and frustration uh, that you feel towards that person. So in the, the context of conflict, uh, we're going to take on the, the huge subject that is forgiveness and, and the very personal subject in many ways that is uh, forgiveness uh, that all of us have, uh, have wrestled with uh, in many different ways, some more intensely than others. As we approach the topic today, uh, Stephen and I had a little fun picking out a few passages in Scripture that speak uh, specifically of forgiveness, and uh, he's going to tackle one for us. I'm going to tackle the other, uh, so we're going to do them in order, but we'll uh, interject here and there to make sure that we don't uh, bore you too much with uh, the same voice droning on for, for long periods. Uh, so Stephen's going to take us off uh, today uh, with our first passage. He's going to give us the rundown on it. Stephen? Yeah, so again, thank you everyone for who's listening to these podcasts. And uh, so my biblical story from um, that's going to supply the context and the perspective on forgiveness um, is the story about Joseph and his brothers. And if you don't know that story, um, Joseph was the son of many. <laughs> uh, so it goes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph was one of Jacob's sons. Um, Jacob had 12 sons, so, um, and Joseph was the favorite son, if you remember the story, and he got the colored coat, and, and he had a dream that one day all his siblings and his parents would bow down to him, and of course you could already understand how your siblings and would take that story, just imagine you told your siblings that they're all going to bow down to you, um, so the siblings got upset, they got mad, and uh, they took, there was an event where Joseph was by himself and they um, used that time and, and threw Joseph in a cistern and in a large well and ripped up his coat and put goat's blood on it and told their dad that Joseph had died, uh, but they actually sold Joseph into slavery. And then Joseph, over a long, quite a period of time, was in Egypt and worked his way up to being um, to different circumstances, and God working through his life became the second in Egypt. Um, and while he was the second in, second in command in Egypt, there was a large famine over the land, 
and his brothers and their family were forced to go to Egypt because that was the only place to find food. Um, and this is where that Joseph confronts his brothers again after the terrible event of them selling him into slavery. Um, it's a beautiful story of, of um, really, of, of redemption and forgiveness. And um, I think it, it provides a great context for us to um, delve into the topic of forgiveness. Um, so first question I'm going to answer is, um, is forgive and forget biblical? And this is a question that comes up a lot when it comes to the topic of forgiveness, and that's because forgiveness always seems like a free pass for people um, to do anything, and then the person offended has to act like it never happened. Um, and this is not the case in Scripture. Um, an article that I read um, studying for this and preparing for this podcast, it says, the person who has forgiven will not continue to hold that sin against the wrongdoer or take it into account in future interactions. A person may remember that it happened, but he or she can choose not to act on it. That's what biblical forgetting is. So in other words, um, we can forgive people, but also still remember um, what we are forgiving them for. So um, this is clearly seen um, most evident in, on the cross of Jesus, um, that forgiveness is something that it, it's when you forgive someone, the person who's been harmed or hurt really is the one who's taking the blunt of that. They're saying, you know, what, what you've done, what you've said has hurt me, but I choose to forgive you. And again, we see this on the cross where Jesus is um, taking the punishment for our sins. Um, he's taking on the cross, we see Jesus forgiving us for our sins, but the punishment for our sins is death, and Jesus paid that cost. Our forgiveness was not without Jesus taking um, the pain for the wrongdoing that we had done. Now, there are things that people have said and done to us that we will never completely forget. Um, and it can be life-altering, um, just like the nail-scarred hands of Jesus reminds us of the cost of forgiveness. But it's also possible to forgive that person and, and, um, and not retaliate against that person. When you interact with that person, you do not continue to hold the wrongdoings over them. Um, so this is seen an example of Joseph and how he treats his brothers after he reveals himself. Um, he does not retaliate on them. He forgives them and then enters back into a relationship with them. Um, Joseph had all the right and ability to go after his brothers for what they did to him, but he chose not to. This doesn't mean he forgot what they did to him, but it means that he no longer saw them for what they once did. Um, and, and that now he saw them anew and he saw them um, as forgiven family members. So again, I think um, when it comes to this question, um, is forgive and forget biblical? Um, I, I don't think when it comes to forgiveness that we just completely act like it never happened. We, we know that it happens. We own that it happened. But we also have the ability to forgive that person and not treat them um, um, we treat them differently because we have forgiven them. And the interactions we have with them um, are different than how um, if we did not forgive them and we retaliate against them. So anything, you, Paul, that you think about 
when it comes to that, I'm sure you've heard that question as a pastor of, is forgive or forget biblical? Yeah, uh, it's a, like we said from the beginning, this is a very, can be a very personal uh, subject for many. And so obviously most of the time people come uh, to us with that question. Uh, it's because they're in a, a relationship or they've had a situation where they've been uh, they've been hurt. They've been victimized by somebody and, and sometimes in, in some pretty lousy ways. Uh, and uh, they're really struggling with the anger, the frustration on the other side of that. And, uh, you know, I think it's important when we uh, deal with those scenarios to, to, one, set the bar where God calls us to set the bar. So I, I don't want to uh, lessen the impact of, of God's words or, or lower his expectations for us. So we're going to be straight. We're going to shoot plain. Uh, today and, and say exactly what God calls us to do and to be, uh, but also acknowledge the human element in this, and, and that is that people <clears throat> have uh, been dealt some pretty pretty rough hands, have gone through some pretty horrific uh, experiences, sometimes abusive relationships, uh, things of, of some pretty awful uh, um, substance, and <clears throat> and I think that to not acknowledge that the the forgetting piece is is very incredibly difficult, if not. Uh, impossible on some levels for those folks is would be insensitive uh, but my favorite thing of what you said Stephen was the, the piece about how we see that person on the other side what sets uh, Jesus apart in the way that he approached engaged people was that he didn't remember he may have he may have remembered God remembers he knows all he remembers what we've done but when he looks at us he doesn't see our sins he sees who we can be, who he's created us to be, who he's called us to be. He sees us uh, for our potential, not for our past. <clears throat> and I think that's a, the call on our lives, too, when people wrong us, is, is to somehow find strength. Uh, and we'll discuss what that somehow looks like uh, over the course of the rest of our time. But to find strength, to be able to forgive, and to some extent forget in, in order to allow us to begin to see uh, hope for a, a future of greater potential and, and healing and reconciliation. Uh, that's where I think the, the forget piece um, isn't necessarily meant to be taken literally, but uh, is is in principle important for us to do on some level. And so we turn and, and we'll let uh, Stephen loose on his second question here. Uh, continuing to relate to the, the story of Joseph, um, and this one's a, a little bit more complex. It's It's simply this. How do you both forgive someone, Stephen, and, and protect yourself at the same time as you're forgiving them. Also be able to protect yourself from being hurt again uh, repeatedly uh, by an individual who, who maybe refuses to accept responsibility for the harm that they've caused you. Yeah, so this is, <clears throat> again, a very tricky question. And uh, I don't want to answer this without saying, and Paul has already um, has stated this already, um, that I don't want to answer this without saying never stay in a place where you're being physically or verbally abused. Um, I would always encourage seek help, reach out to the church, and um, we'll partner with you or find a, a safe environment for you. Um, and I also want, don't want to be insensitive to the pain and abuse of others just because um, I haven't experienced a situation where I haven't been able to get out um, of a situation where I felt that I couldn't. Um, well, this is a very tricky question, and I think um, there's kind of um, two ways to look at this. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust, and there's also a difference between 
forgiving and offering that forgiveness to someone and that someone actually confessing and accepting forgiveness. So there's a difference between forgiveness and trust, and there's a difference between forgiving and offering that forgiveness to someone and that someone actually confessing and accepting forgiveness. It is possible for someone to forgive an individual for what they did, but also allowing time to build that trust again. Um, meaning we don't retaliate because we don't retaliate, but sin does have consequences, right? So if a person refuses to accept responsibility for what they did, um, we can forgive them, but there's consequences for them not willing to, to accept the forgiveness or even to admit that they're wrong. Um, that we do not need to trust or have the same amount of trust that we used to have with that person. So, for example, in a marriage relationship, a spouse um, could, be, could be caught looking at pornography, and then the other spouse forgives them, but, um, but doesn't allow them to use the internet without blockers or consistent or without consent. So they, they can be forgiven, but moving forward, things are going to look different for the safety of each other. And, and again, I think it's forgiveness um, is kind of is a two-road street. Um, so forgiveness allows, once you forgive someone, it allows trust to be built and over time trusting more and more. Um, in other words, we can forgive but still need to rebuild trust in someone's character. So if you forgive someone and they don't accept the forgiveness, then we kind of learn something about the other person's character. And it takes time, again, to build trust. And that trust um, with that other person really can't begin until the other person confesses um, their sins. And <clears throat> this is essentially kind of what Joseph did. Joseph, um, when his brothers came to him, they didn't know it was really Joseph. So over the time, Joseph had changed. There's been so many years. Um, but Joseph... I believe that Joseph forgave his brothers for what he did, but when his when his brothers saw him, he tested their character. So several times, when you read through the story of Joseph, several times he kind of he he invites them in. He he tells them go get your other brother, and he does all these kind of different things with his brothers to test the true essence of their character, um, and to see have they really changed. Um, and now I believe. As I said, I believe Joseph had already forgiven his brother, but he was still learning to see if he could trust him. So for someone who refuses to accept responsibility, you can forgive them, but the relationship of trust and character could be broken until they make that next step. So I always think of forgiveness as, it's, it's again, two parts. So you can offer forgiveness to someone without accepting it, but forgiveness in one sense is... Um, it's a two-way street of reconciliation. So you forgive but not reconcile, but I think forgiveness at its heart is meant to reconcile us together. Um, so so that so the offended party, so I think forgiveness for the individual is important because if you don't forgive, you'll be eaten up with hatred and anger and unforgiveness towards others. Um, so I think it's necessary for the individual to forgive the other, even if they do not accept it. Um, and again, I think we see this on the cross where Jesus is offering his forgiveness to the world and uh, that anyone can choose to accept, but not everyone does. So it's to say that Jesus offers his forgiveness, 
but that relationship with Jesus doesn't start until we confess our sins and and we give our life to Jesus when we confess and repent of our sins that begins that process of that relationship with Jesus um, so I think it's possible to forgive someone but not have restored trust in that person um, and, I, and I think if you can I would not seek out that relationship again because obviously the person if they're not willing to confess to come out with what they're doing is wrong um, it shows a little bit of light of how how that relationship is I think full forgiveness is relational and it takes both willing parties to actively seek restoration um, now again I said you always protect yourself um, from potentially dangerous people um, and, and it's going to be different for those who maybe are in a relationship that you just can't get out of. And that's going to look a little bit different. But I think forgiveness always begins with us, that we forgive that other person and, and offer that forgiveness to them. And they have the decision to whether accept it or not. And I think forgiveness, again, after we forgive, there's a, there's a process of building trust. Um, and that offering... They have the other person, the other party makes that choice to accept their forgiveness and confess what they have done wrong. So I'm sure, again, Paul has had this um, definitely has had this interaction with being a pastor, understanding um, the, how important forgiveness is to a relationship. So kind of how would you answer this question or your viewpoint? Yeah, you uh, you covered things pretty sufficiently, Stephen. I guess I would I would just uh, further emphasize that the role of trust in all of this, I think you said it well, but uh, you know, the goal where it can be healthy, health achieved in a healthy way, where there's potential for it, is to rebuild trust in that relationship. Um, sometimes that's not going to be the case, in, in which case there's not going to be, you can offer forgiveness, but there's no true reconciliation or moving forward with trust. Um, but the trust piece is important because the people we, we grant trust to are the people, also the people that we allow ultimately to have control over our lives. We, we've basically given them uh, the ability to influence us by saying, I trust you. I'm going to start listening to you. I'm going to follow you or I'm going to allow you to, to have an impact on my life. Um, so the, the trust piece is important. Just because you extend forgiveness to somebody doesn't mean you, you start trusting them and enabling them uh, to have an impact on you, potentially uh, a harmful one, uh, once again, immediately after you extend forgiveness to them. The goal is to get there uh, as often as possible, as quickly as possible, uh, but that depends on the situation. The other piece I, I would say is, is that um, by, by forgiving somebody, we're not letting them off the hook, right? You know, a lot of times, and I'll go into this more in a minute with our second story, but we we assume by offering somebody forgiveness that uh, they're not, we, we were the one doling out the consequences and the punishment and we're letting them off scot-free, right? That's not the case. We're not the scorekeepers, ultimately. We're not the judge and jury. Uh, God plays that role. We offer forgiveness for our own sake, just as much as, as for theirs. Um, but ultimately, their mistakes, their poor decisions, uh, the things that they do to push themselves further uh, away from God, are going to be harmful to them whether we forgive them or not. We don't hold the, the, the keys uh, to determine how that plays out. They're going to have consequences for their mistakes, um, whether whether we forgive them or choose not to forgive them. 
Uh, the second story that we're going to turn to today is uh, often called the parable of the, the unforgiving or the unmerciful servant. Uh, so we got a little Old Testament and New Testament action. Uh, I'm going to read it for you from Matthew 18, uh, verses 21 to 35. Uh, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins and grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Exact words the servant had said uh, just moments earlier. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Ouch, right? That, that last verse uh, is really sticks to you, um, doesn't it? And, and uh, it's scripture. This is Holy Scripture, God's Word. So we, we profess it unapologetically, uh, but absolutely it, it needs uh, some breaking down here. The first question uh, applied to this passage we're going to approach is, is it ever okay not to forgive someone? So is it ever okay to withhold our forgiveness? Uh, so I'm trying to break this down. My, my head first went to, to the reasons why uh, we would choose not to forgive somebody. Why would we feel tempted to withhold our forgiveness? And to me, the strongest driving force uh, behind this decision for us is always our desire for justice, this, this need to see justice be done. If somebody does something wrong, they deserve a consequence, right? Um, we, we have this drilled into our heads as we're growing up, and, and rightfully so. Our parents and, and our teachers, other adults are trying to show us when you make a bad decision, there are going to be consequences for it. Uh, we try and teach our kids this to detour them uh, from making bad choices. We want them to, to make choices, healthy choices, good choices, choices God would be proud of. So we show them that there's consequences if, if you make bad choices, uh, it's an important piece of our development as kids, but at the same time, what we're also accomplishing is we're conditioning our kids to see how this plays out and to, to eventually take on the role themselves of feeling like they're judge and jury uh, for other people in the decisions they make and, and somehow ensuring that other people receive the consequences that they deserve for their bad decisions. Um, and, and with our human tendency towards pride and, and our quickness to judge others and want to condemn others, it doesn't take long as kids or as we grow into adulthood, we get to the point where we're pointing out other people's faults long before uh, we're willing to recognize our own. 
And especially if somebody does something wrong to us, right? They didn't just mess up. They, they harmed me in the process. They definitely need to pay. So uh, we may not always seek out vengeance on everybody who wrongs us, but we're definitely keeping track in our heads at the very least. And, and more often than not, we're going to let them know if they, if they wronged us. Uh, so this concept in our world, everything needs to be fair, even uh, equal, is this strong, incredibly strong force in our society. And it's also at the core of who we are as Christians, and it's a, a healthy concept, right? The entire Old Testament is God showing us that when we mess up, there are consequences. This is the, the, the bare bones uh, foundation uh, for our world, for, for reality, for the relationship between humanity uh, and God. When we mess up, uh, there are consequences. But uh, even beginning in the Old Testament, a lot of people don't recognize, but especially emphasize when we enter the New, God introduces this concept uh, that many outside the faith uh, don't embrace or, or aren't as uh, aware of or, or understanding of, and that's uh, this forgiveness piece. Or uh, in a Christian context, we like to use the word grace. This idea that when somebody wrongs us, we, we don't necessarily uh, have to punish them. We have the ability to set them free from their obligation uh, to make right what they did wrong to us. And uh, as it turns out, Jesus makes clear, if, if not in the passage I just read for you, in many other places in Scripture, offering forgiveness to other people is not optional. So the short answer to our question is, uh, yes, we have to forgive. There's no situation where we're let off the hook from offering forgiveness. As we look at this parable, Jesus is, is depicting beautifully our human tendency uh, and our feelings about forgiveness. People always want, like this first servant in the story, they always want to be forgiven. They expect to be forgiven. Uh, they don't uh, necessarily want to forgive the people around them. Even if, in this case, uh, we we have wronged somebody, we owe them uh, a billion gazillion bags of gold, and they owe us 10 bags of gold, we still want uh, ourselves to be forgiven, and we don't want to have to extend forgiveness to them. Um, we're supposed to see ourselves in the role of this, this first servant in the story because that's our relationship with God, right? We owe our lives to him a million times over. So if that's the case, uh, then God says to us, because I've forgiven you, I've extended grace, I've canceled your debt of a million bazillion gazillion you know, bags of gold that you owe me, then I simply ask you to turn to those around you and extend that same love and forgiveness to them. And ultimately, the idea behind this is if we've truly received God's love and, and forgiveness, His grace, then we will be changed on the inside such that we will want to extend that, even in, in difficult circumstances, uh, to people around us who have wronged us uh, in similar ways. doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And you all know, if you haven't lived them yourself, uh, horrific stories of people who have been uh, just victimized in, in awful ways. Uh, sometimes they hit the news or where people are, are just um, treated horribly, something horrific happens, somebody has wronged them, and they're able to find uh, the strength to forgive, and, and, and more often than not, they're not, but the ones where they're able to forgive are powerful stories. Um, but it, be, it comes from this internal change. Uh, the servant in the story today walked out of that throne room after receiving forgiveness from the king, uh, but he, didn't, he demonstrated right away he hadn't been changed. Nothing inside of him had been changed. He received and celebrated the gift uh, from the king, but he wasn't celebrating the giver. He didn't see uh, the king's uh, love and grace in that. It didn't change him, didn't transform him, because he went right out and, and mistreated 
uh, his own brother outside um, who had uh, wronged him and, and the, the grace and forgiveness he had experienced had done nothing to change his attitude towards uh, his fellow brother. Uh, so once again, we're not trying to be insensitive to people who have gone through stuff. Um, your, your stories are legit and uh, your struggle to forgive friends is, is absolutely legit and uh, something that needs to be worked through. Uh, something that you need to be shown compassion and, and grace and, and patience with. Uh, we're just acknowledging that where the, the Bible sets the bar is that we are asked and expected to forgive people um, regardless of the circumstances and that by all means we need God's strength uh, to be able to make that happen. Uh, so I, less to say on our last question, uh, so breathe, uh, breathe. Uh, well, uh, I'm not going to blab on, but before I get there, Stephen, any, any thoughts on this particular question, whether we, we absolutely have to forgive us? Yeah, I think um, you nailed it right on the head. I, uh, when I think when it comes to forgiveness, I think it really is a supernatural act. I, I don't think a lot of times we consider that um, when it comes to our faith that Forgiveness really is a supernatural act. It, it, it goes against the grains of our natural human tendencies, as Paul had mentioned, like our sense of justice and sense of fairness. Um, and, and, I, and, and I, of course, we need justice. We need fairness. Um, but that's so ingrained that forgiveness is, is such a hard concept to wrap our minds around. And I have two young girls, and they're only four and two, but their sense of justice is um, towards their sibling is very high and to forgive them is is a topic a topic that takes going to take time for them to learn um, justice comes naturally but forgiveness is supernatural and 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 I fully agree with what Paul said as well that um, the internal change that's a fantastic um, way of looking at it that Jesus says at the end, it says you have to forgive your brother from your brother and sisters from your heart, and that's that's an internal change that is needed. And and obviously, this servant didn't have that eternal change, um, that internal change in his heart that allowed him to do this supernatural act of forgiveness. Um, yeah, it's just that's something to keep in mind when it comes to our faith. That forgiveness is hard. Let's just admit that forgiveness is hard. And, um, and a lot of times it's going to take prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us to make us that willing servant who's willing to forgive others. So, yeah, I think you did a great job, Paul, as I would expect. So, oh, Steve, you're too kind. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's ask this last question here. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, how do you, Paul, or <laughs> how do you overcome your pride? Uh, to own your mistakes and seek forgiveness when you mess up. Thank you for phrasing it in a very personal way, Stephen. So I can, I can be totally authentic here. Um, <laughs> really, what you just said, Stephen, transitioned us beautifully when you're talking about the internal change of the heart. Uh, that's, that's exactly where I would go with this last question, too. How do we overcome our pride um, when we are struggling to, to own our mistakes and and seek uh, forgiveness from people that we have wronged. Uh, so it's, it's all about internal change. And the quick and easy answer for me is you, you get there by spending more time with, with the king, with the figures like the king in our lives in the story. Uh, the king was the one who, who happened to understand this notion of grace and forgiveness and, and authenticity 
and integrity. Uh, you hang out with the king a little bit more, those things start to rub off. Uh, the, the backbone of God's call for us to forgive is this notion that we're going to be changed when we spend time around people and, and are in relationship with people uh, who are uh, representing who we want to be. Obviously, spending time and relating with God is, is step number one. The more we spend time with God and, and relate to him, the more um, his, uh, that Christ-likeness uh, rubs off into us in, in our lives. And uh, we get to the point where because we've come to admire God's uh, characteristics and, and his, uh, his traits of compassion and, and, um, and just kindness and, and uh, radical generosity, these become such beautiful traits to us uh, that we want them. We want them to become part of us. We want to, to internalize them. And we get to the point where we actually care more about that, more about our own integrity and being Christ-like than we do uh, about um, the, where the scorecard is in our relationship with others, whether they've wronged us or we've wronged them. And we can actually get to the part, point where our relationship with somebody is more important than whether we're right. And that's a, a, a huge uh, journey, and, and it takes a, a long time to get there, and I certainly have not arrived. But, um, but understanding that people matter more than, than our own pride and those relationships are, are how we uh, emulate, communicate God's grace uh, to other people. And so we get to the point where we actually have the strength to say sorry uh, in situations where we need to be able to say sorry. Um, and it's more important to be able to say that and represent God by saying that uh, than it is to be right. Um, it's, it's interesting and ironic here. In so many other ways in life, we're, we're told to model ourselves after Christ. Well, you know, I, I could say, well, Jesus never said sorry in the Bible, so why should I have to say sorry, right? Well, Jesus didn't have to say sorry because he never messed up. He never, he never sinned. He never wronged anybody. Uh, so I think we, we have to look to other people in our lives and, of course, other characteristics of Christ that would point us towards this. But uh, surround ourselves with, with people who are strong, who, who are, um, who are uh, just uh, very mature and, and faithful Christians, but also demonstrate the willingness uh, to, to be apologetic, uh, to be people of integrity, to be humble, uh, to own their mistakes and be willing to, to repent of their mistakes, which means not just own them, but turn from them and, and try and make things right with the other person. So we need to surround ourselves with, with good people. Um, and I, I think we need to also recognize the incredible power we have uh, with the, the tool of um, uh, an apology or saying sorry in our, our toolbox. Uh, because I, I think if we're tasked with changing the world and we're being sent out into the world to represent Christ and to bring others into his love, the, the ability to show authenticity and humility and, and, and uh, to, to own our mistakes actually has a much greater impact on people than us going out there and, and being perfect and being like a rock star for Jesus Christ. If we can show them that we're relatable, that yes, we do mess up, hopefully not a lot, but we do mess up, but that we own it, that we, we apologize for it, we repent and we churn, churn away from those mistakes, uh, we, we make right, we reconcile with the, the people that we've wronged. If we can do these things, we have a much greater impact on the people around us, I think, than if we had never made the mistake in the first place. Uh, so it, it takes courage, it takes strength, uh, to be the bigger person sometimes when other people aren't willing uh, to, to own their mistakes. Um, but that's how you change the world, by being what, what other people 
uh, struggle to be to try and model that and in the meantime strengthen yourself by modeling your actions after each other after other people who are already doing that uh, it comes down to relationship and uh, appreciating uh, people and, and putting people in, in our relationships with others above our own pride and it's not an easy lesson to take in and it's not an easy uh, part the uh, trait to, to grow and, and tool to have in our toolbox uh, but it's a powerful one once you get there uh, or at least once you begin to be able to put it into practice so any final thoughts uh, Stephen before we uh, sign off for the week yeah so um, again I think you nailed it and all comes down to humility overcoming your your pride and um, and the re- owning up to the reality that we all have offended someone have hurt someone and um, and we want to set that example of, of that example of humility um, I even um, say ask forgiveness from my from my daughters which ironically it could be even hard to ask um, forgiveness from a four-year-old and a two-year-old who don't even under quite understand it but um, whenever I ask for, for forgiveness um, from someone it, it it's an act of humility it really it it forces you to face your yourself and face your shortcomings and own up to it and and everyone else obviously sees your shortcomings too so um it's just a very humbling experience so and uh yeah just wrapping this up it really has been a great series on conflict i hope that um people have been able to take from the series, just um, principles and tidbits, and and maybe these are all things that you have heard before, and maybe it just helps to reinforce um, your beliefs in conflict and and forgiveness and restoration and relationships, and um, and again, I, I think the whole goal um, with with all these podcasts is to strengthen and encourage our faith in our walk with Jesus Christ. Um, we're really excited about our next podcast. We're gonna. I'm going to leave a little suspense that we're going to have a special guest on our next podcast. So uh, you're really going to want to tune in to hear them speak. So, um, But we're really excited about our next series and uh, look forward to doing more of these podcasts. And really hope, again, that um, these are really helping you in your walk. And thank you for all the wonderful feedback that we've been receiving. And um, thank you so much for all the love and um that you have been showing us so and bye